Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Kristen Kenny from Red Bull Global Rallycross, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the October 22nd edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore Morsos program on the internet. This is episode 194 of the series. I'm your host, Adam and Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, we'll be recapping the past week of racing, previewing upcoming action, and discussing whatever other topics pop into the conversation. Tonight, on this dark and stormy South Florida evening, we come to you at a special time because sometimes life interferes with plans and you just have to roll with it. We have a great show planned, and would like to apologize to fans of Michael Malala Capello, my co-host, who's not able to join us this evening due to personal business. She'll be back next time with a special brand of analysis, however. Recently, we partnered with Waldorf Publishing to bring some insight into their authors and some of the books they're working on. With that in mind, we'll be highlighting a variety of authors over the next several weeks. For more information on this series, check out Story Prime for Grown Ups 5 Questions, currently available on Forborflum's Fantastic Finds, or they have a popular Revved Up with Waldorf series in the racing news section of SpeedwayDigest.com. This is Monster Jam, the most epic, action-packed motorsports experience for families in the world today. Returns after pandemic pause, bringing into Arlington for a high-octane weekend at AT&T Stadium on October 24th and 25th. Monster Jam, one of the first family events over its doors to fans since the global pandemic began earlier this year, features the ultimate mix of high-flying action and four-wheel excitement. Tickets start at $30, and Monster Jam preferred customers can purchase advanced tickets starting today, September 22nd. Roughly one month ago, in fact, we were going on sale. To get the best seats available, tickets were on sale. They went on sale on the 29th. Fans can still sign up to become a Monster Jam preferred customer and get exclusive access to the pre-sale offer and future pre-sale offers indeed. Monster Jam is enthusiastic. Fans are eager to attend the live event with family and friends and feel confident about their safety and well-being. I've shown in multiple surveys. In order to meet and exceed these expectations, to ensure the highest standards of wellness when it comes to today's live experience. Seating capacity will be reduced at AT&T Stadium to a pod seating structure, which will allow family and friends to safely enjoy the action while social distancing from other groups in attendance. More information with AT&T Stadium safe seating policies can be found online. Additional precautions for fans, a face covering is required for those aged two and up. More information about Monster, Monster Jam's ultimate lineup for fan wellness can be found on their website. Monster Jam has reimagined the live event guest experience and created contact the shopping for fans that are merchandise and vans or on-site from the comfort of their seat. Once ordered, guests can pick up their items at convenient contact the pickup station during the live event. Additional information can also be found online on the Monster Jam webpage. On to fans will witness a fierce battle for Ben Championship with each skilled Monster Jam athlete tearing up the dirt with gravity-defying feats in his 12,000-pound Monster Jam truck, going head-to-head for points in freestyle, skills challenge, and racing competition. Plus, Fans can become part of the action by voting for the winner in the Skills Challenge and Freestyle competitions via real-time in stadium voting on their smartphones. The All-Star Siblings will battle against each other at the same Monster Jam event. The legendary Grave Digger will be driven by Kristen. Fan favorite Adam trades his black and green wrecking machine for Megalodon, the truck that redefined the phrase Jumping the Shark, 
and set the Guinness World Record title for the most monster trucks jumped by a monster truck. And in limited time, special appearance, Brian gets behind the wheel of Bukanon Dragonoid. We're going to be talking to Kristen Anderson in a few moments. 12-time Monster Jam World Final Champion Tom Meads will be our first guest this evening. We'll be competing in Max D. Fire with Ted Leduc. Aims to, while Ted Leduc aims to crush the competition in Monster Energy. Lindsay Week will compete in the Lucas Oil Crusader. Rounding out this world-class roster are Guinness World Record holders. Bryce Kenny, past guest on the program, the Great Clips Monster Warrior, and Barry Masawir in Zombie, both featured in the August Discovery Channel TV special, Monster Jam, Breaking World Records. Corey Rommel advised for the championship in Rage, while father and son duo Matt Pagliarulo and Nick Pagliarulo take to the track in Jester and Kraken, respectively. Axe, driven by Chris Kohler, plays the last spot in the Epic 12 truck lineup. Monster Jam drivers are trained world-class male and female athletes who have mastered not only the physical strength and mental stamina needed to compete, but the vital dexterity to control 12,000-pound machines capable of doing backflips, vertical two-wheel skills, and racing at speeds up to 70 miles per hour to produce jaw-dropping live more source action seen around the world. We are honored to have, this evening to have two amazing drivers from the series on the program. The first is Tom Meens, a 12th university. Tom knows the in and out of the sport, and we are happy to welcome him to the program. Hello, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic. I'm really getting excited about getting ready to return with Monster Jam to AT&T Stadium in Arlington. It's going to be amazing. That sounds like it's going to be a great race, and it's great to have you guys back on the track again. First off, can you tell us a little bit more about Monster Jam University and what your role is there? I'm the professor of Monster Jam University. It's the coolest job ever. You get to take young talent, get them out on the track, you just show them and teach them the cool things about driving Monster Jam trucks. Something I love, something I have a passion for, and most importantly, you need to train them to be super entertaining to our great fans. Can you get a little bit more idea of what your race weekend is like? Oh, it's it's, it's super exciting, you know. Anytime you get into a fantastic stadium like AT&T, you want to get a good walk of the track. You want to feel out the obstacles and the jumps. Figure out where you can do amazing tricks, and even more importantly, where you can go really big. It's huge air in a Monster Jam truck. Anytime you're driving a 12,000-pound Monster Jam truck, you want to make sure you impress all the amazing fans. I know some of the, a lot of the monster trucks have some pretty amazing stories as to how the trucks got their name. How did your truck get your get its name? Real simple. It was a thrill of mine, you know, creating a lot of maximum destruction when you go in the Monster Jam track. You know, all the great fans, they could say maximum destruction, but our best little fans, sometimes they struggled saying the words maximum destruction. So we morphed the name more into Max D. Because all the great little guys and girls, they can say Max D. <laughs> what are your goals going into the race this weekend? Really looking forward to getting back on track and showing the world that Monster Jam is back in the biggest way possible. Putting on great performances at both days and making sure all the fans know we're back. I mean, it's going to be exciting to see their faces in the stands. And getting crazy, you know. Monster Jam trucks are driven by the drivers, but most importantly, the fans push those drivers to amazing heights. I know that the series competes in a wide variety of arenas all over the country, some really big, some really small. What's your favorite one to compete in? Man, my favorite one is big stadiums like AT&T. 
lot of room to maneuver, a lot of room to get up, you know, big air, amazing tricks. Taking a 12,000-pound monster gene truck and doing a backflip is something people have never seen. They're all, they're inspired. You know, anytime you can get out there and perform for families, that makes it super nice. Growing up, who was your racing idol? I had several of them, you know. I mean, I love Evil Knievel. I love his showmanship. I love his ability to entertain. You know, and I, I love the likes of John Forrest, you know, NHRA drag racer and funny car. I mean, I always like to see John give an interview, grab everyone's attention. They wanted to see him perform on track as well. So I think I've got a lot of racer background in me, and I certainly love entertainment. How did you get your start in motorsports? Well, you know, great opportunity for me. My dad was a mechanic, and I learned a lot about how to work on cars, how to work on engines, you know, learned that side of it before I ever learned how to drive anything, you know, and I got to be a driver, uh, you know, when I turned 16, I always had big trucks, I put bigger tires on them, I jacked them up, and it just grew into monster jam trucks, you know, and I was a mud racer first, I played in the mud, I raced in the mud, but I always wanted to be a monster jam driver. I got that great opportunity with a lot of hard work, a lot of luck, and a lot of great people pushing me. I took my amazing dream and rode it all the way to the top. And what advice do you give someone who's interested in possibly pursuing a job in the sport? You know, never give up. That's number one. I mean, figure out something you want to do for a job that you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. That's number one. I love this job. I love going to work. Every day I wake up and I think, man, this is what I always wanted to do. And after 28 years, it's been a heck of a ride. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing you this weekend in action there in Arlington. Hopefully you have a, have a great season for the, whatever the rest of this year holds, and hopefully next year is a, an awesome, fantastic year as well. Oh, I can't wait. Like I said, getting back to my passion, that's what's going to be perfection. Well, once again, thanks again for having for coming on the show this evening, and good luck in Arlington. Thank you, sir. Have a great night. Once again, that was Tom Meeks, the driver of a Maximum Destruction, now known as Max-D. He'll be competing this weekend in Arlington, Texas at the Monster Jam event there. They have not yet finalized their schedule for the rest of this year or next season, but hopefully there will be some awesome events coming back on the on the schedule. Uh, I personally love heading out to the Monster Jam events. I know they have them at both the the little arena there where the Panthers play in Sunrise, as well as the, the Hard Rock Stadium, home of the Miami Dolphins. Hopefully we get to head down to the Hard Rock Stadium next year and see the guys there. It'll be pretty awesome to see those guys in action. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner? Maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport. Contact either Michael Lally Capallo or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, use every 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. We've got about five minutes until our next guest is scheduled to call into the program. Let's go ahead and listen to a selection from Ron Pastana and the pit crew. In honor of Monster Jam and their on dirt action, let's go ahead and listen to Dirt Track Racing.
Jason Vines, author of What Did Jesus Drive? And you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Once again, we're standing by for our next guest this evening. who's scheduled to be Kristen Anderson, who recently set the Guinness World Record title for highest ramp jump in a monster truck. She is currently the driver of Gravedigger. So we're standing by for her to call in this evening. She should be calling in any second now. And we are standing by. Once, as I say, it'll be a good thing to see the Monster Tram, Monster Jam drivers back in their cars again this weekend in Arlington. Tomorrow, they've got a rebroadcast of the Monster Jam event from Anaheim. So be sure to check that out on Fox Sports, on non-Fox Sports. It'll be on NBC Sportsnet. I just saw an ad for that a few seconds ago, and I'm going to ahead and repost that onto the page for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder as we speak. Share that right now. Once again, they've got the broadcast on tomorrow from Anaheim of the Monster Jam event there. Be sure to check that out. I posted a bunch of different updates to the uh, Speedway Digest. There's a Thunder page today, and we'll go ahead and post a few more probably tomorrow, depending on how our things go. Should be a great day for racing and a good race, good race weekend. We're going to go ahead and, and recap some of that for you next week. I've got some previews coming up later in the show. Now we're pleased to welcome Kristen to the program. Hi. Hello, how are you doing this evening? Good. How are you doing, AJ? Pretty well. Did you uh, did you manage to get all your luggage in the back of your rental car? I saw that video a little earlier this evening. <laughs> well, we had to do a little bit of a rental car swap around because, of course, being a monster truck driver, we have so much gear we got to bring. So, Oh, we finally managed and made our way to the hotel and to the AT&T Stadium. <laughs> awesome. First off, I'd like to congratulate you on the recent world record. How's it feel to fly in a monster truck? Oh, man. Oh, thank you for your congratulations. Um, it is honestly unlike anything I could possibly describe to you or anything you could possibly experience. I always tell people when they ask me, what's it like to drive a monster truck? I say, well, I mean, imagine getting on the biggest, fastest, most intimidating roller coaster at the amusement park, and then take that roller coaster and attach it to a rocket ship. <laughs> Can you tell us more about the uh, about your truck? Uh, yeah, so uh, my truck that I compete in is uh, Gravedigger, and 
Gravedigger is probably one of the most iconic uh, monster trucks in Monster Jam. It has been in my family for over three generations now. We're almost celebrating 40 years of Gravedigger in the Anderson family. So it's uh, one of the trucks that was way, way back in the early pioneer days, back in the early 80s and late 70s when we were first pioneering these monster trucks. It's a big black and green wrecking machine. It's pretty intimidating. It's got these big red headlights, green flames, black body, got a graveyard scene on the side of it, and it's pretty bad to the bone. Is there more pressure on you as a driver since you could beat in one of the most best-known trucks on the planet? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you're a driver for Gravedigger, then you have all of the Gravedigger fans all over the world, in all corners of the world. So it doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in Dallas, Texas, or you're out in Sydney, Australia, or you're up in Toronto, Canada. It doesn't matter. There is Gravedigger fans all over the place, and it is our biggest, most iconic truck in Monster Jam. So when the Gravedigger fans come into the arena or the stadium, they expect to see Gravedigger show up and show out. So absolutely the pressure is on, not to mention that I come from – almost two generations of world champions when it comes to competing in monster trucks. So, yeah, I mean, the pressure is super on for me and the Anderson family. I know you compete in all different sorts of arenas all over the country. Uh, Which one has your favorite racetrack food? Oh, racetrack food. That's kind of hard. I mean, there's not, like, very many times I get to get out on the concourse and uh, explore certain arenas. I know that my favorite arena to compete in is definitely the Tacoma Dome, which is located in Tacoma, Washington. And probably my favorite racetrack food would be either a pretzel or nachos. I, I really cannot turn down good nachos. <laughs> What's your average race weekend like? Well, my average race weekend would be I would fly in on a Thursday and I would go out to the track, kind of feel the track out, get in my truck, meet up with my crew guys, see how the truck's doing in between maintenance and everything. And then I would race Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, have a full action pack weekend of events, racing, freestyle, two-wheel skills, all of the madness, and then I would head back out on Monday I mean, I have a pretty full schedule all the way from Thursday until after Sunday. So it's uh, we've got a lot going on. It's going to be really awesome at the AT&T Stadium this weekend. I really encourage people to come out, see what it's all about, because we got an action-packed weekend for everybody. And I know you touched on it a little bit with the fact that you have a long family history in the truck, but how did you first get your start in racing? Uh, well, I got my definitely got my foot in the door from my dad. My dad uh, competed in Monster Jam for over 35 years. He was the creator and the driver of Gravedigger. Um, So, of course, I got two older brothers, Adam and Ryan, that have been in the sport for almost over 15 years now. And I think it's just a family tradition. We've been passing it on for the past two generations now. And uh, Adam and Ryan hope to pass it on to their boys and maybe – in the future, I can pass it on to my children, too. So I, I got a big foot in the door from my family, for sure. And my final question for you this evening, growing up, who was your favorite? Who was your racing idol? Who was your favorite driver? My favorite driver when I was growing up was 100% my dad. My dad dominated the track when I was a little girl. He was the guy that I was always looking up to, always wanted to be. And, you know, fast forward 10 or 15 years now, 
I'm going on four years in my career driving my dad's creation, driving my dad's truck. I'm living my dream exactly what I wanted to do. So I got to thank my dad for everything I've ever learned or everything I've ever put out on the track. Awesome. Well, once again, we'd like to wish you lots of luck this weekend in Arlington as well as whatever the rest of this year and next season happen to bring. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Have a great have a great evening. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Once again, that was Kristen Anderson. We'd like to thank you very much for having the show this evening and wish you lots of luck in Texas and throughout the 2020-2021 season. Our final guest of the show tonight is Jason Vines. Jason Vines is a former longtime automotive executive and currently an author, lecturer, guest radio talk show host, and crisis PR consultant. His first book, What Did Jesus Drive? Crisis and PR, Car- Crisis PR and Cars, Computers, and Christianity. One critical claim. They had a PR week. Steve Barrett declared it a required read for all business school students. Then practical strategist Joe Trippy said, this is more than a corporate PR book. It's a master's class. No old barred, white, ugly ride of insights and wisdom for anyone whose job it is to communicate for a living. We had the honor of speaking to, to Jason Vines when he was doing the PR tour for What Did Jesus Drive? It was quite, quite an interesting experience, and we're happy to have him on again this evening. Fine. Second book, Jimmy Hoffa called My Mama Bitch, Profiles in Stupidity, is a compilation of his regular political satire columns from 2010 to 2014 on the Michigan View, Detroit News' political website. The book quickly resulted in Midwest's biggest radio station, WJR in Detroit, enlisting Vines as a morning guest host. His third book, The, the Last American CEO, is a page-turning behind-the-scenes story of Chrysler and CEO Lea Coco's pursuit of American Motors Corporation and its prized position, the Jeep brand. It's a story by Chrysler, now Fiat Chrysler, is alive today. The book, written side by side with the last CEO of American Motors, Joe Cappy, reads like a spy novel, but just happens to be all true. Fine spent the vast majority of his career as now motivative, starting in labor economics and finally falling back into developed relations. It works out quite well for the teen kid from the small Iowa town of Pella. Fines was named the top PR professional in the global automotive industry three times by the leading automotive industry magazine, Automotive News. Once in 1999, for helping Nissan Motor Company regain its mojo while it's on the brink of bankruptcy, and later, twice in 2005 and 2006, leading the PR efforts to resuscitate the image of Chrysler Group, then a part of Daimler Chrysler. Fines is most famous or infamous for his role two decades ago on the front lines for Ford Motor Company through the Ford Firestone tire crisis, which began one week after Vines was named the head of Ford's global PR at the tender age of 40 years plus one month. That work led to endless days of, and sleepless nights, a CBS 60 Minutes investigation with Leslie Stahl and her producers up to his keister for weeks, and three congressional hearings, all with Vines' able hands in the open heart and filmmaker leading the communications efforts and more. Vines was front page fired for his efforts at Ford along with CEO Jock Nasser. Sitter, not Vines. As he was unsold by a great friend, one had to safely one had to sadly fire. Bitterness is a poison you have to take yourself. Rather than business, bitterness, Vines decided to focus on being, as his wife says, a complete smartass in his books and thunder in hell. I enjoy what he writes unless it involves me. Note, this last quote from Vines of Life was inserted due to your judge said in that order. Or not, he just likes screwing with us. Throughout his career, in his books, and continue today, Vines is a frequent college lecture focusing on one ongoing theme. Why do we have such a hard time telling the truth? That theme provides his book and his previous publications in spades, diamonds, clubs, and hearts. We are now pleased to welcome Jason Vines back to the program again. How are you doing this evening? I'm excellent. How are you? Pretty well. Pretty well indeed. First off, if you can 
it's a little bit more information about how you first got started in the literary world. I think it, uh, it was, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, 2013, and I got a call from Barbara Terry of Waldorf, and she says, hey, you interested in writing a book? I go, well, I'm, I was thinking of doing one. And uh, so I said, she goes, uh, we'd like to publish it. And so I said, I want to talk about crisis in the, all the injuries, mostly the auto industry that I've been a part of and lessons learned and mistakes made and so forth to kind of tell people, you know, what they can do uh, to avoid a crisis or get out of a crisis. And so that's how I wrote my first book, uh, What Did Jesus Drive? And um, it uh, it it kind of flowed out of me. Uh, although, although I got to tell you, the first book you write is the hardest one to get through it. Um, it, it took long hours into the middle of the night with my dog at my feet. And uh, it ended up being uh, quite successful, especially in the automotive community, because most of the book is about the automakers, the crisis in the automakers. And most, uh, and the spine of the book is the Ford Firestone tire crisis of 20 of 2000, 2001. Um, but uh, it had great reviews, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And then from there on, the other books started coming pretty quick. And, um, and you know, once you get a little reputation, you know, people will say, oh, I like that first book. I'll, I'll, I'll read the second one. And, and then the third one, and, and now I have my fourth one out. What's your favorite part about being an author? Um, getting done with the book. Um, the worst part is editing. I mean, it's, it's, it's excruciating. You think you've got the the thing done and it's perfect. And then you have somebody else go through and edit it and they go, well, they find 300 typos and you're going, what is, what's wrong with my computer? That's not finding these. But, um, that's the best part is kind of laying it out of what your thoughts are and then having another idea come to you while you're writing it. That's the fun part. Because, and, and it depends on, on what kind of book you're writing. I, I might write a novel someday, but my second book was a compilation of my columns in the Detroit News, which were satirical, humorous, most of the time, highly political. And uh, my editor at the Detroit News said, you ought to put these columns into a book. And so I put those into a book, and it was easy. that was easy because I all the material was already there. It was just you know putting it together in the right chapters, so it was fun for the reader. Uh, the third book, uh, the Last American CEO, I got a call from my old boss at Chrysler, Jim Cappy, who was the last CEO of American Motors, uh, just as Chrysler bought American Motors to get Jeep. And he came over to Jeep, and I worked for him uh, in the Jeep Eagle division. And he wanted me to be his marketing guy, and then they fired the PR guy. And he goes, will you be my PR guy? And I go, okay. I wasn't a PR guy at the time. I said, oh, okay. And so a few years ago, uh, this is a couple years after, what did Jesus drive? He calls me, and I hadn't talked with him in five or so years. He goes, hey, I want to write a book, and I need you to help me. And I said, sure. So I drove up to his place in northern Michigan, and we're, we're friends. And, but I hadn't seen him really in many, many years. And we sat down on his back patio, and I just he had notes already ready for me, and then I just interviewed him. And I went back to my place, which was two hours away, 
and I sat down over the weekend and wrote the book, and at least the first draft. And it's it. I love the last. The book is the last American CEO, as in the last American Motors CEO. But this this book reads like a thriller um, because it starts off with the the president of Renault in the middle of negotiations with Lee Iacocca getting assassinated on the streets of Paris. True story in front of his daughter by anarchists who were killing CEOs in Europe at the time. And it killed the deal. Um, but then the deal came back up with Iacocca and, and eventually Chrysler bought American Motors, got Jeep, uh, saved Jeep, but in the end, Jeep saved Chrysler twice. It wasn't for Jeep, Chrysler, you know, the 2009 bankruptcy, there wouldn't have been a 2009 bankruptcy because Chrysler wouldn't have been around. They would have gone bankrupt in the early 90s without the profits of Jeep. And it, almost the truth can be said today, even though, you know, Chrysler is now a part of Fiat and soon to be with Renault, I mean, with uh, Peugeot. And, uh, and the, and, uh, the last one, of course, is my new one, which is a compilation of my columns on Facebook from April through June about the stupidity and hypocrisy and lies that have gone on during this horrible, deadly epidemic, but how so many people, especially politicians and a lot of the media have been created lies and hypocrisy and stupidity along the way while people are dying. And, uh, well, it's, it's um, there's a lot of satire in the book. It's by no means, um, the book's called this. It's by no means making fun of the pandemic. My, uh, I, I got it. My, my son got it. We're great today, but there was a lot of stupidity and there was a lot of hypocrisy and it's still going on today. But that, and this last book is highly political, came out, you know, about a month ago and uh, it's doing well. It's got a great cover on it and, and the art in the inside by my friend at the Detroit News, the political cartoonist. So it's a fun read. It's, I hope someday somebody will say it reads like a Dave Barry book. Uh-huh. There you go. What's the funniest thing to ever happen to you in your career? I was in the early 90s. I was still a junior PR guy. And Chrysler was in the bank, brink of bankruptcy. And we had a transmission called the A604. That was in the minivan and a few other vehicles. It was the predominant new transmission from Chrysler. And it was an award-winning transmission. But it was breaking it was breaking on every vehicle, and uh, uh, Consumer Reports was coming after us, demanding that it be re- the vehicles be recalled. And at the time, we knew if we recalled, had to recall all those vehicles, we were going to go bankrupt. We didn't have enough money in the bank. And so I was the PR guy, and we're meeting up on the top floor in Highland Park, the old headquarters of Chrysler. And I got all these senior executives at the table, the head of engineering, the head of manufacturing, the head of sales, and I'm in the junior little PR guy. And there's a big argument among the executives of how do we handle consumer reports? And uh, do we do we try to appease them and work with them? Or do we go and punch them in the nose and say, we don't have to recall these? And at one point, the head of engineering, Francois Castaing, 
brilliant engineer who was, came over through AMC. He came through Renault. He decided he'd speak up, and in his heavy French accent, he said, I think we should clean their socks. And everybody let that lie, and we kept arguing. And then we looked around a minute later, and Tom Gale, the head of design, had tears rolling down his face. And he was laughing, and and somebody said, what are you laughing about? He goes, what Francois said, clean their socks. And Francois goes, oh, I think I meant clean their clocks. And the whole room busted up, and it kind of relieved the tension, but that's the biggest laugh I ever got in my career. And uh, But it was kind of funny for that laughter to come because we – I think it knocked some sense into these executives, and we ended up doing the right thing instead of going to war. But, you know, once in a while, humor or laughter can get you to the right decision. Yes. And my final impression this evening, what is your next big project? I am not certain yet. Um, I'm thinking about doing a sequel to What Did Jesus Try, my most popular book. And what I've been kind of known for. Um, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm most focused on. I'm also uh, thinking of, of, of doing a, a novel, my first one. And I've got a few ideas that I won't give out yet about what I want to do. I don't want to do something that people go, oh, that's an automotive book again. Although I could do it using the auto industry as a backdrop. But I want to do, I'd like to do a thriller novel. So I know that's a little different. It's a heck of a lot different than what I'm doing in the first four books. But I'm going to try my hand at it. I've, I've sketched out a few ideas, and then I want to, once I get the one, I'm going to go to task. And I'm actually a very fast writer. Um, so once, once I put my mind to it, I can write a book fairly quickly. But as I said earlier in the interview, it's not writing the book that's the toughest. It's editing it. It's making sure, especially um, if you have a book that's, that's nonfiction and there's controversial stuff in it, you better make sure that all your dates are correct because somebody will nail you on it. They'll go, ah, that didn't happen then. He must be lying. This book is fiction after all. So that's where I'm going. And uh, I'm taking care of my... Uh, my adult kids and we just moved out here to Arizona and waiting for it to rain. It hasn't rained here in like 150 days. So. You can have some of the rain down here. It's been raining, it's been raining in South Florida for almost two weeks straight now. So lots, uh, lots of rain. Well, can you bottle can you bottle it up and send? I'm serious. Since we moved <laughs> into our house on February 24th. It has rained for approximately two minutes, and we're at October 21st, 22nd, mm-hmm. and I'm like, holy moly. So I'll, maybe I'll, I'd like to meet you halfway. Give us half of your rain, and I'll give you half of our heat, but you have enough heat. But the one thing yep. we don't have here is we don't have the humidity that you guys have, <laughs> and uh, well. that's what I, I do love the dry air. <laughs> Yeah, well, you enjoy the enjoy the beautiful weather out there. Hopefully, it gets a little bit cooler. Hopefully, you get a little bit of rain. And and thank you again for coming on the show this evening. It was great to talk to you once again. Hey, thanks for putting me on. It was great to talk to you.
Have a nice evening. Yes. Thanks again. Once again, that was Jason Vines, the author of several new books. Uh, you can go ahead and check them out on on the Waldorf Press, Waldorf Publishing website. You can find a link to that both on speedwaydigest.com and any of the any of the uh, revving for Waldorf pieces. There's also some listing that I have on Football Blum's Fantastic Finds. Be sure to check that out there. Stay tuned for our next episode for another glimpse into literary mind. We are currently scheduling for another author to come on in two weeks. We're going to be off next week in advance of Halloween and doing some last-minute Halloween stuff around here. Hopefully the weather is nice for that. And that'll be a pretty good thing. So we'll be back again early November. Hopefully Michael will be back with us, and we'll have another awesome show for you on that night. Carparts.com is heading back to the track with Michael McDowell on Sunday, November 1st at Martinsville Speedway, along with Davico Manufacturing, who will be making their debut with the NASCAR circuit as a co-partner. Carparts.com has helped propel McDowell to a career-best season that includes four top 10 finishes and his all-time best average finish, which spurred the e-commerce giant's decision to tap the number 34 front more more Ford Ford Mustang at McDowell into a sneak peek at the company's brand evolution, showcasing the new logo at Martinsville for Carparts.com's last race of the year. After the race, one lucky NASCAR fan will win a Martinsville number 34 livery replica hood signed by McDowell. For updates for how to enter to win, fans can follow at CarPartsCom on social media. Turning to CarParts.com on the number 34 at Martinsville is Davico Manufacturing, a family-owned business that has been producing American-made Cadillac converters for over 30 years in their home state of Massachusetts. Available on CarParts.com. Davico Manufacturing offers the widest catalytic converter selection, including exact fit converters that promise unmatched attention to detail, and straightforward installation. No cutting, clamping, or welding required. McDowell's found some massive success with CarParts.com on the track, including his best finish of the season to date, coming in seventh at the famed Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Furthermore, McDowell's been actively involved in the company through various social media promotions, sweepstakes, and internal meetings. He's now looking forward to helping him with the introduction of the new look and bringing first-timer Depico Manufacturing to the track. Sunday's race Next Sunday, we'll be televised live on NBC and begin at 2 p.m. Eastern. For more information about carparts.com, visit carparts.com. For more information about Davico Manufacturing, visit davicomfg.com. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at speedwaydigestradionetwork.com. Actually, I don't believe the Speedway Digest Radio Network.com is still online. So what you can do for now is go to blogtalkradio.com slash Speedway Digest Radio. That's probably the easiest way of finding it. Um, you can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of our sports at speedwaydigest.com. There have been some developments in the Speedway Digest Radio Network in the past few weeks. One of them is the fact that the pit stop with Tim and Susan to Spain is going to be changing its format next year. They're going to be having a new partner. Uh, I don't believe they're actually going to be returning to the to the airwaves anytime in 2020, but they will be back early 2021. As soon as that information is available, I will be sharing it with you on the Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder Facebook page. So be sure to check that out there. There are also some new developments with this program coming in 2021. Probably in a, in roughly two months, we're going to be taking some time off as we normally do in our off season. This year, we had a couple off-seasons that's related to the COVID-19 thing that was really, really confusing for a lot of listeners and for myself. But hopefully this next year, it'll be a lot simpler. What the change will be is it will be going off there here middle uh, middle to late 
December, I'm thinking probably roughly six weeks from now, maybe seven weeks, something like that. When we return to the airwaves next February, I'm thinking probably mid-February, sometime around the Daytona race, um, we will be on a different platform. Now, I do not know what the platform will be. I was just informed that it will probably not be Blog Talk Radio next year. I'm not 100% in a position of that because I've had some my share of issues here with Blog Talk Radio over the past several months. And as most of you know, who you've been especially long-time listeners to this show, there are some issues that get really, really annoying, and they come up quite often. They have made some improvements on this site. I'll give them that since the pandemic. And we don't seem to have quite as many issues on the program. We've only had one since we returned to the airwaves in the past roughly, I think it's been two months since we've been back on on the air. So that's a good thing. But we will. It'll be interesting to see how it goes with the new platform. And as soon as I know what that is, I will post that on the Facebook page for Speedway Digest. There's Night Thunder. I'll probably also do a little bit of a an update for you on SpeedwayDigest.com in my profile, as well as some of the articles I do on the racing news section. So be sure to check that out there. You'll be looking for that information sometime in December. And again, I'll let you know as soon as I know. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest new information about our slides of paradise at my site for Borplum's Fantastic Finds. It can be found on Facebook, Twitter. Easiest way to find it on Twitter is to go to at PB Happening and by heading to PurplePlumsFantasticFinds.wordpress.com. Staying this to this program this evening and apologize for the fact that we do not have our co-host with us, but I think it went pretty well. And we look forward to seeing you again in two weeks into Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great night, and thanks for listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.